Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon, and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. So, hey, happy uh, Mother's Day. Uh, it seems like when we're doing these drive-in services, there's almost like three conversations. There's, uh, there's the people who are in their cars, and we are so glad that you are here. Also, there is our, our live stream, which is taking place. Uh, welcome for those of you who are in live stream. I know that there's discussion that happens and goes. I, I invite you just to kind of join in with the discussion, which happens while you're uh, part of the online congregation. I also realize that this signal goes out oh, probably until to 10th or um, even up to 18th Street, and so there's people maybe in houses that are that are tuning in and so we're just glad that you're you're here to join us on our mother's day service um hopefully by now you have gotten a gift or a card uh, for your mother this is what i have found is important okay and it's a simple rule that i have but it's one i think that um is important and maybe if you're you're listening online you have to still go out and you have a little bit of time but for those of us who are here come on man you guys have have pretty well if you haven't gotten the gift yet you have you're way too late um but but here's my advice find out what your mother wants and Buy that for them. That is kind of the, the simple rule that I have. So, like, if they want perhaps, like, something like an Actifryer, then buy them an Actifryer or a deluxe Actifryer, and you'll just get extra points even for that. So, and maybe you just had to have learned, uh, listened from last week's sermon to kind of understand that a little bit. But uh, as I was preparing, I came across a couple of articles that might be of interest to you, and they have to do with gifts. And, um, A statistic according to a British survey said that 40% of moms have received an unwanted Mother's Day gift. But most were too polite to complain. Here is a small list of the 30 items of things that they had received for Mother's Day. Okay, Number one, deodorant, um, a fire extinguisher, cleaning supplies. How about this one? A stick of French bread, salad dressing, popcorn, ants. I guess if you have an, if you bought an ant farm for mom, well, how about this one? Hair dye. Happy Mother's Day. Here's some hair dye, mom. A screwdriver, toilet paper roll, calculator, and hey, that all-time favorite, car parts. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Anyways, I'm hoping you're actually laughing at this, and and maybe online you're kind of kind of chuckling along, but we kind of know that that is true. The other thing is this: this is kind of the day to hand out cards. There was also an article that had come out recently talking about the 12 worst cards for Mother's Day. And in the article, they said, please do not pick up these cards. This was one card that said this, thanks, Mom, for always checking up on me. And there's a picture on the card of a cell phone that says 24 unanswered calls from Mom. Another one says this, I guess this Mother's Day card is late. Looks like someone wasn't raised properly. Another third card says this, I'm awesome, you're welcome to the luckiest mom ever. And there's one one other one, this is perhaps my favorite, says this, Mom, I love you loads. And on the card there's a picture of a laundry basket overflowing with clothes and says, speaking of loads, can you do my laundry? Yikes. Whatever the case is, I'm glad that you're here celebrating uh, Mother's Day uh, with us. And I'm always aware that this is an important sermon, this is an important talk that I always have 
And I'm always aware of that because there is a huge emotional attachment to our mothers. And so what happens is there's a lot of emotion which happens. And so if you're in the car or perhaps uh, you're online um, listening or perhaps you're just in the surrounding area listening in. Whenever we talk about moms, there's an emotional attachment that we cannot deny. And it is in the good way and it is also in the bad way because this is a hard time. And, and some of us, you might not even be here today. and You just decided to watch online because, because this is a terrible day for you. It's a hard day. There's some of us who have lost our moms, and, and maybe this year, in this past year, you lost your mom, and you were very close to her, and, and it's really hard, hard to think of it. There, maybe there are some people who never even really had a mom, or they had a mom, but to be honest, they weren't really um, the best mom. Maybe this year particularly, as we think of what's um, taking place in, in the pandemic that we're going through, I know that uh, my wife has not seen our two oldest kids since December 2019. We haven't seen our kids for a year and a half. And, and that makes Mother's Day difficult. Perhaps you are here and you're a mom and you can't see your kids. Or perhaps you're a kid and you can't see your mom. And, and uh, for some, uh, you want to be a mom. You desire to be a mother. And for some reason, it's just not happening. And, and, and every time a day like this comes, it reminds you of the fact that you're frustrated um, there, there are some I even know who have um, children who have passed away. And here you are as a mother and you had your child passed away. And I see there's huge, there's a huge emotional pull that happens when, when we talk about moms. And so, you know, I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you're listening and, and maybe you're chiming in and you're talking online uh, about it. And um, for this reason... I just pray that the Holy Spirit somehow will allow me to give you something that will resonate in your heart, something that will come from the Word of God that will stick with you. And, and whether you're enjoying a wonderful time or whether you're here and you're just kind of feeling the heavy load uh, from it, then um, my prayer is that God is going to, to minister. Now, what happened was last year when I was uh, preparing for Mother's Day, I did this study and I, I looked in Scripture of a number of mothers in scripture and, and what some of the common elements were and some of the things that they represented. And, and one of the things I found was that there was a common element in a lot of mothers in scriptures. And the thing was this, many of them sacrificed greatly for their kids. Well, duh. You know, if you're going to be talking about Mother's Day and you're going to be talking about qualities of a mother, sacrifice is going to be one of them. There's a statistic that tells us that by the time a child reaches 18 years old, a mother has spent 18,000 hours in child-generated work. In fact, women who never have children enjoy an equivalent of an extra three months a year in leisure time. So please don't tell me that moms don't deserve a day. But as I was kind of going over mothers in Scripture who sacrificed, not only did I realize that that they had the common element of sacrifice, but the fact that sacrifice manifested itself in different ways. Every time I looked at a different mother, I learned about sacrifice, but in a different way, in a, it threw out a, a different aspect. And the, the funny thing is about sacrifice is that when you sacrifice your kids, you just don't sacrifice once. And not only that, um, you don't 
often sacrifice in the same way. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of continue on. Like last year I talked about Moses and Moses' mother and how she sacrificed so that he could go ahead. And I talked about the case when Solomon had the, the two mothers uh, that, that were uh, going to be um, determining which was the true child. And the one said, well, just cut him in half. And the one was okay with it. The other one said, no, let, him ha- let her have the baby. And, and the sacrifice was that they wanted to see the best for the kids. And I talked about uh, uh, a couple characters in the scripture, Eunice and, and, and Lois, who were Timothy's um, parents and they shaped his future by the sacrifices that that had made in in their lives and so if you give me a couple minutes i want to talk about sacrifice i want to talk about how god many times will sacrifice for us and for and for uh, our lives uh, through our moms when we see it and there's a couple comical ones um but ultimately i think it tells a story the first passage of scripture, if I could lead it to you, while I put my hands in my pocket, it's kind of cold out here, um, is found in Matthew chapter 20. Now, Matthew chapter 20, there is a story that I have read many times, and I've asked myself, why, why did they actually include this story in scripture? Now, it has been mentioned in a couple of the gospels, but in Matthew particularly, it mentions the mother. And so it talks about Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 is where I'm going to start. And it says, then the mother of Zebedee, Zebedee's sons, it doesn't even mention her name. It mentions her husband. And this is James and John's um, mom. And so what she does is she came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor for him. What is it that you want? Jesus asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. What? Now, stop and think about this for a second. And Jesus kind of responds in a way. He says, well, you can, you can do these things. But this, as, as part of the Trinity, I'm the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's, that's up to the Father. That's not something that I can decide. But can you stop and consider this for, for a second? Hey, Jesus... Uh, he says, I got, I got my Johnny and my Jimmy, and they're, and they're just such a wonderful boys. And, and I know that you know that they're wonderful boys because they're part of your discipleship team. But, but I'm kind of thinking that they might be the best of their discipleship team. And so apparently, um, James and John's um, mom was Italian. I didn't know why. For some reason, he's Italian. But then he says, you know, it's Peter, you, you can't have a Peter on your right side. He doesn't know. He, he don't know what's going to happen. And, and so what happens is... She says, my son's deserve to be on your right and on your left. And so, hey, I'm just asking. And can you just, for a second, think of what she is asking. Sometimes sacrifice has this audacious impression. It was so audacious that it got the other disciples angry over this. You know what I mean? Hey, dude. You brought your mom here to ask Jesus to have you sit on the right and hand. Like, what is with that? Starts a big argument. And you can certainly understand why. But why is this in Scripture? What is the importance of this? Like when the smoke clears. Think of this. She wanted her kids in heaven. Not only did she want her kids in heaven... But she wanted her kids to be working in heaven. She had big expectations. She asked big for the sake of her kids. And you can stop and say, wow, you got a lot of gall. 
got a lot of gall asking something uh, to, of that nature. And, and, and that is kind of the nature of moms. Like last year when we were doing... Um, we were doing the service inside. I kind of show a video which is called Mom Goggles, and I don't know if you're reminded of it. It just seems like, you know, when you put mom glasses on, you just see that moms see so much in their kids that perhaps other people don't. And, and I'm wondering that maybe a number of us who are here are mothers. You may not have the audacity to say, hey, can I have the left one on Jesus' side and the right one on Jesus' side when you do your kingdom? But I think that we have inside of us audacious goals for our kids. We're willing to sacrifice because we see something that other people uh, don't see. Like she was willing to look stupid. She was willing to be embarrassed. She was willing to be forward. She was willing to push to the front of the line. But she did it, and her aggressiveness was not for earthly goals. She said, you know, can, can you make my son, though, he's really successful in life. Can you make him a doctor? Can you, can you allow him to have a whole bunch of money? That's not what she asked. Her goal had nothing to do with earth. Her goal had everything to do with heaven. She was heavenly aggressive. And I wonder if this scripture and this story is here because there's something to that. Because let's talk about this. Everybody else is aggressive for the attention of your kids. The media is attention is, is aggressive for the attention of your kids. Why not, if you love Jesus with all of your heart, be aggressive, heavenly-minded for the sake of your kids? Like, it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and sometimes we have these aspirations and we have these high goals for our kids, but perhaps God has put in us, as mothers, a heavenly goal for our kids. That maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to the fact where God says, hey, when it comes to your kids and when it comes to heaven, ask big. Declare big things. And that's one thing that a mother does. That's, they, they, they sacrifice stretches for the highest. So we have James and we have John. And again, for those people who are Italian, uh, my, my apologies for that terrible uh, Italian accent. It probably was Jewish. Anyways, sorry, let's go on. So... Uh, another, another mother we have in Scripture um, was a lady who named, whose name was Hannah. And, and her story is in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. And it is the story of Samuel. And, and the great thing about Samuel was that he is one of the only people in Scriptures, maybe the only other than Jesus, who is known to be a prophet, a priest, and a king. He was the last judge. And, and he was an incredible individual and led Israel in a great way. But his story starts with a mother who couldn't have a child. And so she's at the temple and she's praying. And it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, as, as she is deep in anguish over the fact that she cannot have a child. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Verse 11 says, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And so this is the, the story of Hannah. And this is what you, we know about her. And, and, and as you look, and even as you discuss amongst your, yourselves, that there is great sorrow for those people who can't have kids. 
the latest statistic is that one in six families uh, have trouble having children. And the statistic, the statistic goes on to say this, that of all the people that they, they had interviewed, that of those, of those people who were interviewed, 63% of the women who had experienced both infertility and divorce, 63% that they rated infertility as more painful than their divorce. It's a painful thing. It was so painful that Eli the prophet actually didn't even think. She thought that she was drunk as she was saying it because she was crying and, and she was crying out and, and there was no voice coming out of her, her mouth and so he assumed that she was drunk and, and the story goes on to talk about as she begins to explain the anguish, Eli says hey, we're going to pray that God's going to bless you. We're going to pray that God is going to give you that child. And so if you're here and you're listening and you haven't had a child, you're trying to have a child, what would happen if you came to the church? What would happen if we anointed you with oil? We prayed that a miracle would happen. What if we prayed that God would do something? What if you know somebody here in the congregation as you're listening in and, and you know someone they've been trying a long time and you feel the brunt of, of the heaviness that they have? take a look at the scripture, what she did is she came to the altar, she called on God, and God answered her prayer. Can we not believe the same thing for us? Is there some people who are might here, maybe you're here in, in a car, and this is resonating with you, or maybe you're listening around in the neighborhood, or, or perhaps you're online, and, 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 and you're hearing this. Maybe this is a God moment. You know, I invite anyone who's having trouble, and you want to have kids. I invite anyone who is listening in along. Call the church. Um, we will find a time, and, and when it is appropriate, in a way that it is appropriate, what we will do is we will anoint you with oil. We will pray that God will move. I think that that's what you need to do. But anyways, um, as we get into this, the thing about Hannah that we know is this, is that sacrifice will solicit the mercy of God. There's something about a mother's prayers, and sacrifice hangs on to God for our kids. Now, for those of you who've kind of been in the way for a little while, you've been a Christian for a little while, you, you will remember how a number of years ago there was a series of books put out by a lady. Her name was Stormy Omardian, or Stor Stormy Omartian, depending on how you, you, you uh, pronounce her name. She had a series which was called The Power of a Praying Whatever. Power of a Praying Husband, I think, or, or Power of a Praying Wife, it started off with. But, but she had a, a, also a book which was called The Power of a Praying Mother. And it began to talk about the fact that one of the most important things that you can do is intercede in prayer for your kids. And, and, and for those of us who passionately love Jesus with all of our hearts, what we are doing is we are combining the sacrifice to our most important weapon, which is um, our prayer. And the true sacrifice of Christ followers is to lead a sacrificial prayer. How many times have you found yourself praying for your kids? It could be in whatever area. God, I pray for my kids' safety. Lord, as they go out and, 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 as, and as they're going to that event or whatever, God, I'm just praying that your hand is going to be upon them. God, I pray for my kids' health. Lord, Lord, you got to move in my kids. And, and I know that they're, they're dealing with this. And, Father, I pray, Father, that you keep them from COVID. I pray that you keep them from anything that is, that is somehow in the way of their lives. 
God, I pray for my kids as they're looking for a job and as they're trying to find a career, that, Lord, the gifts that they have will match what they're doing, that, Father, that they're going to find something which is good for them. God, I just pray for my kids as they go to school and they're, in, and they're going through final exams, that, God, you're going to be with them. And I know how discouraging it is. And help them to find the, the subject and help them to find the right thing that will minister to them. And God, I pray for my kids' future spouse. Like, God, I pray for, for them to be godly people and that, God, they won't be losers and they won't be sitting there. And, God, help me to find, help my daughter to find a guy who loves Jesus and does not play video games six hours a day. Okay, I'm just being real. Come on. We want the people who are going to be sharing our kids' lives to be someone which is special. And many times we sacrifice our prayers and say, God, help them to find the right person. God, as they go through this crisis, you've got to minister to them. God, they're going through the most difficult time in their life. And I'm praying, God, that your hand's going to be with them. And you're going to give them the right answers. And be with them as they face these fears that, that they're going through. And as they're at this point in their lives, God... God, I pray for my friends. I pray for my kids' friends that, Lord, they find friends that are going to influence them in the right way as, as, as opposed to influencing them in the wrong way. God, I pray against the devil's influence. I pray against anything that Satan would try to be doing in their lives. And God, my, God, my son, my daughter's in depression, and I just see them in their room, and my heart goes out to them. And I'm praying, God, with all of my heart that, that Lord, you will get into their lives and be with them in, in the midst of the crisis that they're going through. And God, I pray that my kid won't just sit in a pew, but they'll be effective for the kingdom of God. Don't let my kid make it to heaven just by the skin of their teeth. God, do something deep in their life. Lord, be with them as they go through this night. God, be with them as they go through this time. God, I pray against the spirit of rebellion that is in them. Father, I pray, Lord, that they won't be set with where they are, that they won't settle for second best, that they, they won't just go for, for the situation the way it is, but, Father, that they'll fight for you. How many times have you said that? Now, come on. I don't know how many times as a father I sat down and I prayed those prayers for my kids. How much more when you're, when you're a mother, when this child has come from you, that you cry out those prayers asking for God to move. There's something about the prayer of a mother. Something about the sacrificial prayer that comes when a mom begins to cry real tears for her kids. I remember hearing the story of uh, John Wesley and Charles Wesley. And they talked about the fact that they had a mom who just prayed and they had 17 kids. She had 17 children. And so they basically said when mom was praying, what she would do was she would put, she would put her apron over her head. And that was the indication that mom was praying you didn't bug her. Because if you have 17 kids in your house, there's not a place alone where you can pray. Hey, maybe if she had 17 kids, maybe she was praying that, that dad would stay away from her. I'm not too sure. And he was, hey, sorry about that, folks. Let's go. Let's go on. Um, when I was a young Christian, we were going to an event with a friend whose, whose mom was a Christian, and, and instead of saying no, she said, well, go ahead, you go. And um, we went to the event, and what she did was she just prayed that we'd have a terrible time. God, I just prayed they'll have a terrible time. You know, you know what the, the, the event that they're going through is not the best for them, and they're going to be asking again next month to go to this event. So, God, I just pray that you make the event so terrible that they never want to go to the event again. And that's exactly what happened. There's power in the prayer of a mother. When I planted a church a number of years ago, there was one particular girl. Every once in a while, her grandparents would come, and she just, 
she just loved her grandparents to death. And uh, these are just really godly people. And she said, you know what? I remember as a kid, when I used to sleep over at my grandparents' house, they would have the bedroom next to mine, and I could actually hear my grandparents praying for me and my brother. I remember hearing my voice as they began to cry out. Something that happens when there's a prayer of a parent, grandparent going out. I remember one time, there's a pastor in this denomination in our fellowship, and um, a very well-respected pastor. But when he was younger, he was kind of away from God, and he had his mom continue to pray for him, and she prayed, and she prayed, and one night she just began to pray all night for him. And all of a sudden, God had said to her, he's in this other city at a bar right now. So what she did, I forget what time, maybe midnight, maybe one o'clock in the morning. She shows up, <laughs> drives right to the bar in another city, and she goes into that bar, and he's in that bar. And she says, you're away from God. You need to get your life right with God. <laughs> and, uh, hey, what are you going to do other than turn your life back to God when something like that happens? That there is something about the mercy of God that happens when a mom prays, the sacrifice of that. Let me tell you one more before, before we, we uh, close up. Perhaps the biggest sacrifice we talk about is actually um, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, you may not realize this, but there are four occasions where you actually uh, hear about Mary speaking. Uh, one time is when the angel talks to her about the announcing of Jesus uh, coming into the earth in the virgin birth. Uh, another occasion is when she's talking to uh, Elizabeth. There's a third occasion when Jesus is 12 years old and they kind of had left him back in Jerusalem. They didn't know. And the other one is at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And let me just read to you um, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. It says this. As, as she sees the angel, he says, the angel basically says, you're going you're gonna to give birth to a child. His name's going to be Jesus. And, and, and this is what is going to be happening and going on. It was a confusing time for her. But here's her, here's her statement. It says this. She says this. Despite all this incredible stuff that the angel says, she says this. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled to be in me as it's supposed to be. And says, then the angel left her. This is basically what she said. God, whatever you want to do in my life, and whatever you want to do in my child's life, I'm good with it. Because what I want to do is I actually want to follow you. No matter what. No matter what it looks like. No matter whether it's to my advantage or whether it's to my disadvantage. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. And with that comes an incredible amount of sacrifice. You know... And she exemplifies this throughout her life. Every time, she never goes out of character. It was always about the fact that if this is what God wants, I'm willing to let it happen. A number of years ago, I, I remember talking to um, a missionary's mother, and, and they lived in the, they were going to a restricted access nation. And um, I remember talking about the difficulty. And it came down to this. She said, you know what? When, um, when I gave birth to this child, I said, God, whatever you have for this child, Lord, I'm good with it. Because if you've given me this child, I'm giving this child back to you. 
And when we have a dedication service, what we do is we say, God, we dedicate this child to you. Whatever you want to do with this child, God, do it. And here's the thing, and many times we never, ever admit this, but there comes a time in our lives as parents where we have a desire for God to do something that we want in their lives. And there's many times is the desire of what God wants to do in their lives. And many times we have to come to the point where we say, okay, God, what I want to have in their life to be is the same thing that you want to have in their life. And sometimes, let's face it, that can be a difficult thing. Because when all of a sudden God says, I want to do this, I'm going to allow them to go through that. I'm going to allow this to take place in their life. That's when we kick and we say, hold on a second, God. You gave this child to me. Well, hold on a second. There's imperfections in their lives. There's difficulties they're going to go through. The choices that they're, they're making and the things that they're wanting to do could cause them to actually die at a young age. There could be, hold on a second, God. That's not the plan that I had for them. Well, hold on a second here. If you love Jesus with all of your heart, the idea is this, God, I want what you have in my life, but I also want what you want in my kid's life. And to actually say that requires huge sacrifice. And we want to honor this day our mothers who have sacrificed to see God's will done in their lives. I'm convinced that part of my job as a parent is to ensure that God's will is fulfilled in my kids' lives, either through prayer or encouragement or discipline or through mentoring or even the legacy that I live. Moms, thanks for your sacrifices. The first thing a person will see many times when they are connecting with God and and the Christian faith will be seen in their mother, a mother who is willing to sacrifice. If you take a look at the scripture, it says, But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All comes down to sacrifice in terms of faith is the fact that Jesus died for your sins. You think, well, I'm going to make it to heaven just because uh, I've done good things. But we never, ever acknowledge the fact that the reason that you will make it to heaven will not be because of the good or the bad that you do. It will be because you've ignored the sacrifice that Christ had given for our lives. And and it's all about asking Jesus to come in and be Lord. And and you'll never have the peace and contentment that you have unless you say, okay, God, I accept you because of the sacrifice that you have made in my life. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Like sacrifice is a wonderful word, isn't it? It's a glamorous word. When you think of it, not for the faint of heart, is it? It can be extremely painful. It's selfless. It has no accolades. And, and sometimes you will not be rewarded for the, the, um, the sacrifices that you made until you actually get to heaven. And God says, listen, you did a good job. And so, to close, what I'd like to do is this. I'd just like to have a prayer for our moms. And um, for those who uh, are here and you're able to spend time with family and friends so i want to pray that god will continue to bless you um but maybe you're here and uh, you're feeling the loss this year and, uh, and you just need the presence of god to be with you and uh, you might be online and uh, maybe discussing this and uh, maybe you're here and you're in the apartment buildings and and god is speaking to your heart i'm not too sure um what place you were in um 
But can I pray a blessing? Can I pray that God will minister to you where you're at, that the word of God um, will somehow speak and minister to you at a deep level that I can never, ever do on my own? Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you will minister to each and every heart, each and every life, Lord. And I don't know whether they're listening online or whether they're listening in their car, maybe they're listening from their apartment or wherever the case may be, Lord. I just know, Lord, that they're not here by accident, that, Father, you're speaking to them. And I pray for a blessing upon each and every person here, but particularly each and every mom who is here. And, and maybe even on top of that, whatever moms are going through a difficult time and are feeling the heaviness of the moment, the heaviness of the pandemic. And, and um, Lord, we just need you. We need your touch. Lord, I pray, pray, Father, for anyone who is here who's trying to have a baby and can't. I pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit to be with them. I pray, Father, that, that Lord, things will go in at this time next year, Father, they'll be with child, Lord. Um, I can't do that, Father. I know that only you can. But, Lord, for those who are here and, and braved it and, uh, and are here in their cars, uh, I just thank you for all of them. Lord, I pray for the presence and the touch of God to be upon them. And, Lord, give them a great day as hopefully they can spend time with family and friends, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So with that, God bless. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook.